Good morning. <laughs> that one wasn't very positive. Oh my gosh. The realities have set in of what it means to wake up at seven. And it's honestly nuts because I just saw some kids walk into the bus to go to school. And I got that thing of like, oh yeah. <laughs> I once had to go to school. How the hell did I survive? Does anyone else feel that sometimes? Like, mad respect for kids? I could never go to school now. Five days a week. Like, you joking? Five days a week getting up. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm pretty much in solidarity with, uh, with the teens. But, um, gosh. This morning was a struggle to get up. That's that's where I'm at (laughs) I also had this like mad not mad it was sort of very important talk about um power abuse kind of planned for this morning um and I woke up and I'm like oh my gosh I don't think I can talk about power abuse I'm really not in that kind of a frame of mind um I don't think I would do it justice I didn't really consider that getting up at this time of the morning is like my brain is not going to be functioning uh, like it, like it could be. So it's just going to be a bit a bit of fun. Um, I just kind of wanted to talk about instead the realities of doing what I'm doing and also of letting go of habits that are maybe not so good. And I know as soon as I say the word habit, people are like, let's turn off because, oh my God. And I'm the same. But there's so much in the press and shit about how awful social media is for us, how awful, you know, screen time, all this. And I just want to say about screen time, it can really save you. I'm just thinking back to my like anxiety episode and some of the kind of calmest points in the day were when I could escape into YouTube and stuff and I, I had kind of like two YouTubers that I really wanted to well that I found and that really got me through this girl Elsa Ray who lives in this trailer with her partner and dog and it's just like it was so just chilled and like it was just nice to watch people getting on with their lives because it reminded me that you know that is my that is the life I am gonna have um and there's so much crap about you having to be holistic about it but people don't remember the realities of having a really awful time with your mental health is that you can't just get up and be holistic and do yoga and it, it honestly if this last summer taught me anything it was oh my gosh all of that is like not possible you know and that is why I part of the reason why I decided to go on medication was because I wanted to get to a space where I could also integrate really healthy coping mechanisms um, but I just want to say that like if you're struggling with your screen time whether or not you're in the middle of a bad mental health be compassionate like there's so much shame about it and I think we know the difference between I could push myself to do something else or (laughs) 
I really can't push myself to do anything else right now. This is just what I have to do to get through the day. I think we need to be honest about that. And another thing is, what was the other thing? I was actually like just walking aimlessly, looking in space, thinking, what was I going to say? <laughs> um, but I remembered. <laughs> I was going to say also about the, oh, mindfulness guys don't like it I have a real issue with it this is the thing so I am I'm a Christian lady I really hate that label I don't know okay I'm a I'm a spiritual person who practices Christianity when I can get to chapel which isn't very often um and through this I'm realising that yeah okay we can take the best bits of prayer we can take the best bits of meditation from different faiths and stuff and have that as a goal to work towards but what I'm realising is actually a lot of the time that is far too overwhelming for people and me included even though I was brought up in the Christian faith my dad is a vicar like I still cannot come I still cannot come in the face of myself and try to let go of my thoughts most of the time like that is too much pressure for me and this is also talking about letting go of screen time as we expect ourselves to go from one extreme to the other without any regard for like how we manage the transition or how we're compassionate to ourselves in the whole transition of that and I read a brilliant book recently. This is not me being like, I'm a reader. I, I, I'm i not a reader very much. My mum gave me this book. I was having a bit of a bad time. It was called How to Be Your True Self. I love a self-help book when I'm feeling down. So in this book, he talked... This, is a, this was actually a kind of Christian spiritual book. He was talking about daydreaming, calling your um, mindful time daydreaming which I literally read that and I was like oh my gosh this is going to revolutionize my life because if I can say to myself you know have just 10 minutes of daydreaming now just put away any stimulation sit with yourself and daydream and it's far more creative and fun than to to call it like a 10 minute meditation like oh my god who can be bothered like it's so much pressure. Let's start small. <laughs> I loved that. I loved this, you know, this like proper theologian being like, yeah, let's just let's just call it daydreaming because the rest is too much for our brains sometimes. And I totally agree with that. You know, it is really difficult to expect people to sit and try and focus on a mantra or lose your thoughts or lose, you know, and obviously when I'm daydreaming or whatever sometimes I come into this space where I'm like let's go further let's you know I'm feeling really peaceful now I'm feeling like I I could let go and be in the moment and breathe and sometimes that happens but I think we can't go straight into that I think it's a lot to expect so that's just my hot take (laughs) um I don't know if you're if you've ever kind of struggle with that but I think especially when with mental illness and mental ill health that's another thing it's like depressed people anxious people really you can't not expect them to meditate their way out of it 
and I really pisses me off all of this oh meditation is as good for you as um antidepressants or it's as effective as antidepressants because it's like okay maybe it could be if the depressed people actually like had the will to do that (laughs) or actually like oh I don't know it's hard to explain but I think you get me kind of want to finish today talking a bit about humility and insecurity with our work and why this sort of disordered leading on from yesterday why this kind of disordered mindset around work has been perpetuated um and I think it's really fascinating to think about you know it is so tempting to talk at length about the work you've done and it's so tempting and it's so subconscious and like you know I don't want to blame anyone because I literally do this well I have done this in the past there's this weird part of your brain that wants other people to like see how much you've done and maybe if I'm totally honest with myself it has been in the past to make them feel worse about themselves and to push myself up in their esteem and this is this just reeks of insecurity and it's certainly the truth about you know why I used to do it and why probably I do still do it now but I just kind of want to ask the question how much work would you do if all if the only outcome was to prepare for what you need what if (laughs) what if no one knew you were working what if you couldn't tell anyone? What if literally nobody knew? What if, actually, what if you told someone you were lazing around when you were actually working? What if literally nobody knew about this? No one knew how many hours you were practicing. Nobody knew. You know, the age-old saying, only you and God would know. But what would that do? Like, how much would we actually work then? How much would we work if we were completely humble in it? And I think that's a fascinating question because even now I I really struggle to let go of the whole like I'm going to practice and like oh I'll do it now because you know someone's going to be hearing me and you know maybe they'll they'll put into their minds that like I'm a good musician or whatever and the past six months where I've been trying to let go of this whole thing I haven't totally let go of it because I've had many weeks of really worrying when I barely practiced, you know. What are people thinking about me? Like, they're going to be thinking that I'm not serious. They're going to be thinking that I'm so lazy. But I didn't, I didn't have anything to prepare for. I didn't, I didn't want to prepare for anything. I didn't have any drive to play the cello. So the humble thing to do is just to say, no, not for me right now. I'm secure enough in my... In, you know, in the work I've done in the last 10 years to say, I am a cellist it's fine to let it go for a bit you know, saying it out loud it's honestly crazy Like, even though I've been working at this for so many years, just having two weeks off is enough to make me think oh my god, if I'm not practising people are going to think I'm not a true musician <laughs> holy crap but I'm just going to consider that, you know how much of this work has been to enjoy myself, to prepare for what I need to prepare for, to experiment with music, to 
explore composers how much of it has been for that and how much of it has been to fulfill a part of me that's insecure and that wants to prove something to other people or to myself about the kind of person I really am you know I'm really really trying to challenge that at the moment and it's bloody hard but um I hope that was a bit helpful I really don't have much else to say I keep having to pause and then like unmush my brain and then continue and <laughs> I'm walking in a beautiful next to this um, kind of path of bluebells and another flower that I don't know the name of and it's overlooking a really lovely view out to a part of Oxfordshire that I don't know the name of and you know, last thing to say um, it's kind of reminding me of like this guy I don't know if you've ever heard of Eckhart Tolle I'm up and down with how much I like him, but one thing he said that I do love is going out into nature and taking away the labels. And luckily I'm not clever enough to know what every tree is called, to know what every plant is called. But it's about, you know, how would you be in awe of this if you didn't know what anything was? If you just saw the beauty for itself and didn't actually know, oh yeah, it's a tree, another tree. <laughs> another bluebell another nettle it's like what are you, how would you respond to all this abundance of nature if you literally didn't know what any of it was called if you had no mental labels that kind of react that kind of like music as well it's like how much would we practice if we didn't have any label we didn't have any expectation how much abundance would we create Okay, that's the end of my TED talk for today. I love you all. Um, looking forward to speaking to you tomorrow. Hopefully I'll be more alive. Um, but yes, sending you all my masses of love and happy Tuesday.